Chapter 46 of Louisa de la Valliere. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines. Chapter 46 La Fontaine in the Character of a Negotiator. Fouquet pressed La Fontaine's hand most warmly, saying to him, My dear poet, write a hundred other tales not only for the eighty pistoles which each of them will produce you but still more to enrich our language with a hundred new masterpieces of composition oh said la fontaine with a little air of pride you must not suppose that i have only brought this idea and the eighty pistoles to the superintendent ah indeed was the general acclamation from all parts of the room monsieur de la fontaine is in funds to-day exactly replied la fontaine quick quick cried the assembly take care said palizou in la fontaine's ear you have had a most brilliant success up to the present moment do not go beyond your depth not at all monsieur palizou and you who are a man of decided taste will be the first to approve of what i have done we are talking of millions remember said gorvia i have fifteen hundred thousand francs here monsieur gorvia he replied striking himself on the chest the deuce take this gascou from chateau to cherry cried loret it is not the pocket you must have but the brain said fouquet stay a moment monsieur le superintendent added la fontaine you are not procureur general you are a poet true true cried loret conrart and every person present connected with literature you are i repeat a poet and a painter a sculptor a friend of the arts and sciences but acknowledge that you are no lawyer oh i do acknowledge it replied monsieur fouquet smiling if you were to be nominated at the academy you would refuse i think i think i should with all due deference to the academicians very good if therefore you do not wish to belong to the academy why do you allow yourself to form one of the parliament oh said pelisou we are talking politics i wish to know whether the barrister's gown does or does not become monsieur fouquet there is no question of the gown at all retorted pelisou annoyed at the laughter of those who were present on the contrary it is the gown said loret take the gown away from the procureur-general said conrart and we have monsieur fouquet left us still of whom we have no reason to complain but as he is no procureur-general without his gown we agree with monsieur de la fontaine and pronounce the gown to be nothing but a bugbear fujunt resus leporesque said loret the smiles and the graces said someone present that is not the way said pelisou gravely and i translate le Bourresse. how do you translate it said la fontaine thus the hares run away as soon as they see monsieur fouquet a burst of laughter in which the superintendent joined following this sally but why hares objected conrart vexed because the hare will be the very one who will not be overpleased to see monsieur fouquet surrounded by all the attributes 
which his parliamentary strength and power confer on him oh oh murmured the poets quo non ascendum said conrart seems impossible to me when one is fortunate enough to wear the gown of the procureur-general footnote to what heights may he not aspire fouquet's motto End of footnote. on the contrary it seems so to me without that gown said the obstinate pelisou what is your opinion gourville i think the gown in question is a very good thing replied the latter but i equally think that a million and a half is far better than the gown and i am of gourville's opinion exclaimed fouquet stopping the discussion by the expression of his own opinion which would necessarily bear down all the others a million and a half pelisou grumbled out now i happen to know an indian fable tell it to me said la fontaine i ought to know it too tell it tell it said the others there was a tortoise which was as usual well protected by its shell said pelisou whenever its enemies threatened it it took refuge within its covering one day some one said to it you must feel very hot in such a house as that in the summer and you are altogether prevented showing off your graces there is a snake here who will give you a million and a half for your shell good said the superintendent laughing well what next said la fontaine more interested in the apologue than in the moral the tortoise sold his shell and remained naked and defenceless a vulture happened to see him and being hungry broke the tortoise's back with a blow of his beak and devoured it the moral is that monsieur fouquet should take very good care to keep his gown la fontaine understood the moral seriously you forget achillas he said to his adversary what do you mean achillas was bald-headed and a vulture your vulture probably who was a great amateur in tortoises mistook at a distance his head for a block of stone and let a tortoise which was shrunk up in his shell fall upon it yes yes la fontaine is right resumed fouquet who had become very thoughtful whenever a vulture wishes to devour a tortoise he well knows how to break his shell but happy is that tortoise a snake pays a million and a half for his envelope if any one were to bring me a generous-hearted snake like the one in your fable pelisou i would give him my shell rare avienter cried conrart footnote a creature rare on earth End of footnote. and like a black swan is he not added la fontaine well then the bird in question black and rare is already found do you mean to say that you have found a purchaser for my post of procureur-general exclaimed fouquet i have monsieur but the superintendent never said that he wished to sell resumed pelisou i beg your pardon said conrart you you yourself spoke about it even yes i am a witness to that said gourville he seems very tenacious about his brilliant idea said fouquet laughing well la fontaine who is the purchaser a perfect blackbird for he is a counsellor belonging to the parliament an excellent fellow what is his name vanel vanel exclaimed fouquet vanel the husband of precisely her husband yes monsieur 
"'Poor fellow,' said Fouquet, with an expression of great interest. "'He wishes to be everything that you have been, monsieur,' said Gourville, "'and to do everything that you have done. "'It is very agreeable. "'Tell us all about it, La Fontaine. "'It is very simple. "'I see him occasionally, and a short time ago I met him, "'walking about on the Place de la Bastille.' at the very moment when I was about to take the small carriage to come down here to saint Monde, He must have been watching his wife, interrupted Loret. Oh, no, said La Fontaine, he is far from being jealous. He accosted me, embraced me, and took me to the inn called La Mage, saint Fiacra, and told me all about his troubles. He has his troubles, then? yes his wife wants to make him ambitious well and he told you that someone had spoken to him about a post in parliament that monsieur fouquet's name had been mentioned that ever since madame vanel dreams of nothing else than being called madame la procureur general and that it makes her ill and kills her every night she does not dream about it the deuce poor woman cried fouquet wait a minute conrad is always telling me that i do not know how to conduct matters of business you will see how i manage this one well go on i suppose you know said i to vanel that the value of such a post such as that which m fouquet holds is by no means trifling how much do you imagine it to be he said m fouquet i know has refused seventeen hundred thousand francs my wife replied vanel had estimated it at about fourteen hundred thousand ready money i said yes she has sold some property of hers in guienne and has received the purchase money that's a pretty sum to touch all at once said the abbe fouquet who had not hitherto said a word poor madame vanel murmured fouquet pelisou shrugged his shoulders as he whispered in fouquet's ear that woman is a perfect fiend that may be and it will be delightful to make use of this fiend's money to repair the injury which an angel has done herself for me pelisou looked with a surprised air at fouquet whose thoughts were from that moment fixed upon a fresh object in view well inquired la fontaine what about my negotiation admirable my dear poet yes said gourville but there are some people who are anxious to have the steed who have not even money enough to pay for the bridle and vanel would draw back from his offer if he were to be taken at his word continued the abbe fouquet i do not believe it said la fontaine what do you know about it why you have not yet heard the denouement of my story if there is a denouement why do you beat about the bush so much semper ad eventuum is that correct said fouquet with the air of a nobleman who condescends to barbarisms to which the latinists present answered with loud applause footnote with an eye always to the climax end of footnote my denouement cried la fontaine is that vanel that determined blackbird knowing that i was coming to saint manda implored me to bring him with me and if possible to present him to m fouquet so that so that he is here 
I left him in that part of the ground called Bel Air. Well, Monsieur Fouquet, what is your reply? Well, it is not respectful towards Madame Vanel that her husband should run the risk of catching cold outside my house. Send for him, La Fontaine, since you know where he is. I will go myself. And I will accompany you, said the Abbe Fouquet. I will carry the money bags. No jesting, said Fouquet seriously. Let the business be a serious one, if it is to be one at all. But first of all, let us show we are hospitable. Make my apologies, La Fontaine, to Monsieur Vanel, and tell him how distressed I am to have kept him waiting, but that I was not aware he was there. La Fontaine set off at once, fortunately accompanied by Gorvia, for, absorbed in his own calculations, the poet would have mistaken the route, and was hurrying as fast as he could towards the village of San Monde. Within a quarter of an hour afterwards, Monsieur Vanel was introduced into the superintendent's cabinet, a description of which has already been given at the beginning of this story. When Fouquet saw him enter, he called to Pelisou and whispered a few words in his ear. Do not lose a single word of what I am going to say. Let all the silver and gold plate, together with my jewels of every description, be packed up in the carriage. You will take the black horses, the jeweller will accompany you, and you will postpone the supper until Madame de Belliere's arrival. Will it be necessary to inform Madame de Belliere of it? said Pelisou. No, that will be useless. I will do that. So away with you, my dear friend. Pelisou set off, not quite clear as to his friend's meaning or intention, but confident, like every true friend, in the judgment of the man he was blindly obeying. It is that which constitutes the strength of such men. Distrust only arises in the minds of inferior natures. Vanel bowed lowly to the superintendent, and was about to begin a speech. "'Do not trouble yourself, monsieur,' said Fouquet politely. "'I am told you wish to purchase a post I hold. How much can you give me for it? It is for you, monseigneur, to fix the amount you require. I know that offers of purchase have already been made to you for it. Madame Vanel, I have been told, values it at fourteen hundred thousand livres.' that is all we have can you give me the money immediately i have not the money with me said vanel frightened almost by the unpretending simplicity amounting to greatness of the man for he had expected disputes difficulties opposition of every kind when will you be able to bring it whatever you please monseigneur for he began to be afraid that fouquet was trifling with him if it were not for the trouble you would have in returning to paris i would say at once but we will arrange that the payment and the signature shall take place at six o'clock to-morrow morning very good said vanel as cold as ice and feeling quite bewildered adieu monsieur vanel present my humblest respects to madame vanel said fouquet as he rose upon which vanel who felt the blood rushing to his head for he was quite confounded by his success, said seriously to the superintendent, Will you give me your word, Monseigneur, upon this affair? Fouquet turned round his head, saying, Pardieu, and you, Monsieur? 
Vanel hesitated, trembling all over, and at last finished by hesitatingly holding out his hand. Fouquet opened and nobly extended his own. His loyal hand lay for a moment in Vanel's most hypocritical palm, and he pressed it in his own, in order the better to convince himself of the compact. The superintendent gently disengaged his hand, and he again said, Adieu. And then Vanel ran hastily to the door, hurried along the vestibule, and fled as quickly as he could. End of chapter 46 Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah